back when Roosevelt was president of the United States that he attended regularly a church there in Washington. And Christmas rolled around one year. Somebody called and asked the pastor if they were having a Christmas Eve service. He said, yes, sir. We sure are. He said, well, could you tell me this? said, uh, will Roosevelt be in attendance? And uh, he said, well, I don't know the president's schedule. And I don't know if Roosevelt will be here or not, but we are expecting God. <laughs> I don't care if Roosevelt shows up or not, God comes. I, you can have time. And I appreciate his presence in this place. I still remember that. Jamaican boy, about 17 years old, praying beside me on a mountaintop, that island one night, and boy, I tell you, he got praying, being so bold in his prayer, I just quit and started listening. You know, you can learn a lot like that. Sometimes they're praying to listen to the other feller. <laughs> and that boy got to pray, he said, uh, Welcome, sir, to the meeting. Welcome, sir. Boy, I couldn't stay down there, Rex. I had to get up and welcome him, too. He's a feeling what I was a feeling. And I'm glad he's got a way of letting you know when he steps on the scene. What a God's blessing that is. Uh, you've got a Bible this evening, care to follow in the Scripture. Turn, if you will, please, to the book of Acts, 16th chapter of the book of Acts. I'm interested in verse 13 tonight, 16th chapter, book of Acts. I'll ask you to stand reverence God for that of His Word, if you're physically able. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by Riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Father, thank you for your word. This time together in the house of God, I appreciate the wonderful singing, uh, dear God, for a place called Beulah Land, uh, waiting on us when this life's over and day's done down here. Dear God, I appreciate every blessing this day's brought, what you're going to continue to do for us in the remaining portion of it. You look out of heaven, you see beyond our faces, I you see our heart and you know our need. And I pray, dear God, you'd speak to those needs and help us, sir, to respond accordingly. For it's in Jesus' strong name I do humbly pray. Amen and amen. You be seated. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city. 
by Riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. Paul and Silas here is on a missionary journey. They've come to Philippi. Now, Philippi is a place very rich, historical value. Worldly speaking, it's known in its history as a military city. Not only that, it's known as a place where two would-be world conquerors met their doom, Philippi. But then on the other hand, biblically speaking, we remember Philippi as a place where Paul and Silas were imprisoned. And how they sung and prayed at midnight. God shook that old jailhouse all to pieces. I told some of you along the way, I, old John Jasper, that old man of God out of Roanoke, Virginia, many years ago waxed eloquent one Sunday morning. And he said them two preachers got to singing in that Philippian jail. And it was sounding so good that God in heaven said, Hey, angels, I... That's sounding so good, I want you to come in on the alto. Said the angels got to sing in the alto. God said, that sounds so good, I'm going to hit that bass note. And when God hit that bass note, the world thought it was an earthquake. And that old jailhouse fell apart and set the captive free. Now, I don't know if it happened like Jasper said or not, but it happened. And we remember Philippi for that reason. But there's something only beyond that that we ought to recognize Philippi for, biblically speaking. That was the place of the first Gentile convert when God turned to the Gentile nations with the gospel through the Apostle Paul. Now that excites my soul because I'm not Jewish. Right here's where I got in. Right here's where you got in. When he turned to the Gentile nations with the gospel. And right here in this account we have before us tonight is the first convert. Happened at Philippi. And by the way, who's the narrator here of the book of Acts? Luke. Old Dr. Luke. I mean, boy, I picked that up in a hurry. Back in the first chapter of the book of Acts, uh, you said the former treatise, have I written to thee, O Theophilus, uh, of what Jesus began to do and to teach? Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about the gospel of Luke. Used by the Spirit of God to pen that too. And he said, uh, uh, that tells of what Jesus began to do and to teach. Uh, 
What's that mean, preacher? Uh, in that body furnished to, to him uh, by the Holy Ghost and Mary, uh, he began to do and to teach. But when you come to the book of Acts, uh, he continues to do uh, and to teach through his brand new body, the church. I can always remember that Theophilus part. The former treatise have I written to the old Theophilus? Two little old friends, you know, boys. One of them had a little baby brother and he invited his friend over to see the new baby. And he said, what's his name? He said, his name's Theophilus. He said, why in the world your mama named that young and Theophilus? He said, look at him. He's Theophilus looking baby I ever seen. <laughs> Got you looking around at each other now, ain't I? <laughs> but the narrator here is old Dr. Luke. Yes, sir. Why bring that up, preacher? I well, I picked up on something here. Nobody's never in a name to me. I never heard anybody talk about it even, preacher. Uh, but I begin to think about here when he said on the Sabbath, we went out of the city. We sat down. He didn't say Paul and Silas went out of the city. <laughs> he didn't say uh, Paul and Silas sat down and spake. I sort of believe old Luke is with them, don't you? Huh? <laughs> I mean, I was born in the morning, but I wasn't born this morning. I believe Luke is with them. <laughs> and the place is Philippi. And the Sabbath rolled around. And them preachers are looking for a place to worship God on the Sabbath. And there's no church in Philippi because there's no Christians yet in Philippi. Now let me stop and say this. Pitiful is the city with no church. And more pitiful still is the city with no Christians. But that's where they're at. Nobody's been saved there yet, Gary. Can't you imagine, Paul, my soul, what a mission field. Because remember that old boy, you know, company sent him, shoe company sent him to... Uh, foreign nation in Africa somewhere you know sell shoes and he telegrammed them back and he said I'm coming home he said there's no need for shoes here ain't nobody wears them I'm coming home well he, he sent another man and he telegrammed back and he said send me all the shoes you can everybody here needs a pair ain't nobody got no shoes well can't you imagine the apostle Paul Lord of God, fellas, uh, ain't nobody here knows Jesus. Uh, what a mission feel. Uh, oh, what a time we're going to have. Everybody here needs Jesus. Uh, boy, I tell you, 
You get in a crowd like that, something to get excited over, ain't it? And boy, here they're looking for a place to worship God. And somebody says, hey, they're down yonder by the river. They're having a prayer meeting. <laughs> I'm preach a little while tonight. God been my heifer <laughs> on a prayer meeting by the riverside. The riverside prayer meeting. Now you say, preacher, if ain't nobody saved in that city, what's them women doing down there? Well, it says where prayer was uh, wont to be made. That makes a difference. <laughs> yes, sir, where prayer was wont to be made. You know what them women was doing? They was down there by the river trying to get in touch with God. They had a desire down deep in their soul to make contact with heaven. And they was down there trying to get in touch with God. Now, boy, I'm telling you, when you get hooked up with somebody wanting to get in touch with God, I mean, boy, what a time you have. I mean, buddy, something's going to take place. I'll tell you, most of the time, they don't want nothing to do with God. But, boy, what a blessing every once in a while. I meet somebody just like them, Chuck, wanting to get in touch with God. And, buddy, I tell you, you can back and have you a spell with a feller like that. Got a desire to get in touch with heaven. Boy, that's the way I came the second night of that revival over 50 years ago with a desire in my heart to get in touch with God. I felt like I was going to go to hell before I could get in touch with Him. I don't know what they preached. I don't know what they sung. I didn't come for that. I come to get saved. And I didn't have sense enough to know I could have got saved at school that day. I, I thought you had to be in that revival I, and that piano playing just as I am without one plea. And that's what I went listening for. And buddy, the first note, here I came. I, I won't get in touch with heaven before I died without God and split hell wide open, boy. And here they are wanting to get in touch with God. Every time I think lately about 16th chapter of the book of Acts, I remember a day in Jamaica. I was down in Hopewell, a little town. I live on the hillside. They built me a prophet's room up on the hillside overlooking that Caribbean Sea. You see halfway to Cuba. And I told Jerry, I said, hey, I wish you'd cut these old banana trees down. And he went crying. <laughs> I don't want to cut my banana trees. But I said, look what a view I'd have here. And uh, walked off down to Hopewell, a little old town. All kinds of shops up and down the street there. And uh, I'd met an old preacher years before down in Green Island. Life's named Blair. Everybody called him Daddy Blair. He's in heaven now. He had five boys in the ministry. And I never met anybody quite like old Daddy Blair. I went down one night, you know, to preach for him and walk in that church, and he had cups painted on the wall. And up here, this cup uh, on, at the front was running over. And then a little further back's a cup, and you know, you can see the level of the content down. 
And right on back, it kept getting lower than the one in the back empty. And I mean from an empty cup to one running over. And he had his people set where they belonged. <laughs> I couldn't steal that full cup crowd. Henry saved my life I, preaching that night. They'd shout with you, boy. <laughs> what a time. I, now, here's the thing about there's honest enough. I, bless God, if they moved up a little bit in the meeting, they'd get up I, and change possessions I, and come up, amen, kick it up a little I, where they belong. Yes, sir. And he said, preacher, I got a boy building the church, said they're working on it up there at Hopewell down by the sea. And I thought of that that day. I was down Hopewell. And there's one street led down, you know, other than that, you'd have to go through somebody's yard or through a, a business and come out the back door to get to the sea. But there's one street led down to the sea, about the length of a football field, down to the water. And I started down that street, and I saw that building being erected. They had the sides up and the roof on, what no windows in it, no doors hung. And I thought, I'm going to see what that auditorium looks like in that church. Little did I know, about five years later, I'd preach in a completed church building to 300 people and see 80 of them walk forward and receive Jesus in that building. I lined them up, Todd, ten across and eight deep. Eighty of them want Jesus as their Savior. But I walked into that building that was being erected, Stanley, and, uh, you know, sawed timber here and sawdust yonder. But over here in that building on the seaside sat about 25 women sitting there. I stepped into that incomplete auditorium and one of them jumped up and said, You're a preacher, aren't you? I said, Yes, ma'am. Why? She said, We're sitting here praying that God would send a preacher <laughs> to open unto us the Scripture. And she handed me an open Bible. I looked down at that Bible, Stanley, and it's open to Jeremiah 33. And my eyes fell on the third verse. <laughs> Call unto me, and I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Woo, boy, I tell you, about 30 minutes, uh, me and 25 Jamaican women uh, went to church. Uh, and we had a time, boy, that's down there wanting to make contact with heaven. Uh, boy, listen, a desire in their heart uh, to get closer to God. Uh, that's a little bit uh, what happened in Jamaica, what's going on in the larger scale, buddy. Down yonder, Philippi by the riverside, uh, there's some women down there with a desire in their heart uh, to get in touch with God. You think it's coincidental that Paul and Silas and most likely Luke too stepped on the scene that day? <laughs> Hallelujah. And in that group of women was a woman named Lydia, a seller of purple from Thyatira. 
And what we have here in about three verses is the story of Lydia's conversion. The first Gentile saved when God turned to him with the gospel. Face you and listen, I'd like to pass along her story tonight of her conversion. I'll be done. We'll go home. I want you to see the revelation, her revelation that came. Amen. Listen, you got to have something revealed to you before you can get saved. <laughs> and old Luke says here that she heard us. <laughs> and there again, I believe he's with them. It didn't say she heard Paul and Silas. She heard us. I believe old Luke is with them, Chuck. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad I heard. <laughs> you can't get safe out here. I'm glad, thank God, boy, I heard something. What would you hear, preacher? I heard that the wages of sin is death. So what, preacher? That's other. No, sir. I also heard there is none righteous. No, not one. I heard all we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone into his own way. And I heard that the wages of sin is death. Woo, but I'm also glad I heard that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> Woo, I heard, Gary, yeah, and I heard if I'll confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him the dead, I could get saved, Tommy. Well, I'm so glad I heard. Woo! Ain't you glad? Thank God. God cared enough about you to let you hear. Amen. Loved you enough to send somebody. Amen. To tell you. And you heard. I want to remind you something. She ain't from Philippi. She's from Thyatira. Well, why mention that, preacher? She'd have never heard if she hadn't got up from where she is at and got on real estate where she could hear something. <laughs> I'm on to something big right here. <laughs> You know why some people ain't never going to hear? Boy, they won't get up and get on territory where something's being told. Amen. Lord God, they better get their youngins out of them old liberal churches and get them in the house of God. Amen. Where some old leather lung preacher get up and tell them something and they can hear, thank God. You can lay around there on Sunday morning if you please. You say, well, I don't need to go to church. But you ain't going to hear what you ought to hear. Uh, my God. Well, you're going to have to get up where you at and get on real estate. You can hear something. She'd have laid around thigh after she'd have pleased, but she'd have died without God and went to hell. 
Unless she got to Philippi where she could hear something. <laughs> Boy, I'm glad I was in the right place that night standing and heard something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Thank God. Notice this, what it goes on. Whose heart, talking about Lydia, God had opened. Do you know ain't no man open your heart? Ain't no woman open your heart. It takes God to open your heart. <laughs> Boy, God didn't have to open my heart, preacher, but he did. I believe I'll just take a wild shout over that. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> God saw fit to open my heart. Ain't you glad Stanley Jackson down under an old cow? Bless God, God opened your heart. Amen. Man couldn't have done it. Amen. Best friends you had couldn't have done it. God opened your heart. Amen. Showed you where you was headed. Amen. That God. Ain't you glad for a day back yonder that God opened your heart? You'd still be messing around with that old monkey, John. Bless God that God opened your heart. Amen. Hallelujah to heaven. I'm so glad that God in heaven opened my heart one day, mister. Hallelujah tonight. I'm saying there was a revelation that came. I got mine. <laughs> And then I see her redemption that's confirmed. Glory to God. Very next verse. And when she was baptized. Huh? That's a pretty good sign something happened. <laughs> now I know baptism don't save you. But if you've been saved and ain't never been baptized, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And you're going to be embarrassed before God one day. How do you know, preacher? Jesus said, Why callest thou me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? And he did command us to be baptized. Huh? When she was baptized. Huh? Boy, pretty good evidence to me something happened. Huh? <laughs> yes, sir. And she attended, old Luke says here, under the words of the Apostle Paul. Mm, boy, I got to looking one day at that word attended. Root word attend. Attendance. Did you know you can be there and not attend? Huh? I probably preached to some folks not. They ain't attending. Somebody asked me, you know, sometimes Gary said, was so-and-so in attendance? I said, I don't know. I can tell you if they're there or not, but I can't tell you if they're attending. Huh? I preach a bunch of that crowd. They don't attend. That's right. Lydia attended. I mean, she heeded what she heard. Ain't good enough just hear it. You got to do something about it. She attended. Uh, she's listening, buddy. 
taken to heart what she heard. One preacher don't try and tell a fellow how easy it was to be saved. He said, man, it's as easy as ABC. And after this couldn't get hold of it, you know. And, and the lost man's buddy spoke up. He said, preacher, it may be as easy as ABC, but he's D-E-F. I preached to a lot of that D-E-F crowd. I told your pastor today, I worry a lot about that crowd been listening to me for 35 years and ain't heard a word I said. They D-E-F. Yes, sir. Yeah, they'll sit around in the meeting, but they ain't attending. One preacher said to one Wednesday night prayer meeting, a woman brought her green beans to snap. Now he said, wouldn't been so bad, but said her beans had more stout than my sermon. <laughs> that ain't Lydia. No, sir. She heeded uh, what she heard. She attended <laughs> under the words that Paul spoke. Yes, sir, I believe something happened to her. <laughs> Baptized. Amen. That brings me to her record that's commendable. Let's see where she's at now. She's saved and she's baptized. Notice verse 15, and uh, faithful. If you've judged me faithful. She's saved, obedient, baptized, and faithful, and concerned. She turned to them preachers and said, come to my house. You look like you stand a good meal. (laughs) Come on home. She's concerned about God's meaning. Boy, that's a pretty good record, ain't it? Uh Saved, obedient, attended, faithful, and concerned. Bro, Job. Friends, so-called friends, is being very critical. No sinner, if he wasn't so guilty, all this wouldn't be happening to you. Remember what Job said? Let me tell you something, boys. My record's on high. Hey, Eliphaz, you don't keep my record. My record's up yonder. My record's on high. So's mine, and so is yours. And church, one of these days, we're going to face our record. And I'll be as honest as I know how to be. I worry a lot these days about my record. I mean, look at Lydia's. Faithful. Where do we measure up? 
our record compared to hers. First Gentile convert. Out yonder in Yellowstone Park, that old geyser. Every 65 minutes, you can set your watch by it. Spews forth. They call it old faithful. You know why? You can depend on it. Now, I don't have to tell you tonight, you can depend on God. But right here's a question. Can he depend on you? Can he depend on me? Hey, I preached to somebody tonight needs getting this altar and talk to God about your record. I never take for granted everybody's a Christian. Come here, ladies, play for me. Amen. Send the invitation around. Likes one that church hymnal. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Be my glory ever. Never take for granted everybody's saved. You're here tonight lost and undone without God. He'll save you tonight if you'll ask Him to. There'll be somebody here to pray with you and help you any way that we can. You can come to know Jesus tonight. Go home, pillar your head. Realizing if you don't wake up here, you got a home in heaven. Boy, I'm glad I've got a reservation. <laughs> Hallelujah. For a city to come. Sir. And then they some you say, Preacher Bob, I'm a child of God, I'm heaven bound. It's going to be my eternal abode one of these days. But I'm thinking about my record tonight. And I'd just like to get around that old altar prayer and talk to God tonight about my record. And ask the good Lord to help me to improve my record. I'll face mine. I won't face yours. You'll face yours. Sir, you won't face your wife's. You'll face yours. Young person, you won't face your daddy's. You'll face yours. Boy, I'm looking forward to heaven. But I'll tell you what, sometimes I shiver and I think about the judgment seat of Christ. Little children, John said, abide in him. That when he shall appear, you may have confidence and not be ashamed. Lord God, he didn't have like stand with confidence. Not have to worry about a wasted life. Things I should have done that I didn't. Things I didn't do that I shouldn't. Face him with confidence, family. It's all wrapped up in a record. And the books will be opened. <laughs> Let's stand all over this building. I don't know how God's speaking to you. But if He is, this is your invitation. God bless you, preachers. God bless you. God bless you, man. Preacher Bob, don't know about nothing in the house, but the Lord's a talking to my heart. 
speaking to my soul. God bless you, honey. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Dear lady, God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Preacher Bob, I don't know about nobody else. God's speaking to my heart. Come on to Jesus. Come on to Jesus. My God, there's some of you right here this evening that's got children or grandchildren or loved ones. Some of these old liberal churches and they ain't hearing nothing. My God, you ought to come and pray for the boldness and the right words and whatever it takes to see them out of that mess. And somewhere they near something these days. Lord God, God ain't going to talk forever while He's still speaking to hearts. Somebody better be listening. He ain't going to do that just anywhere and everywhere. You've got to get on the right real estate. Hear from God. Our blessed Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these honest hearts around this old altar prayer. And, sir, what you're doing for these, my friends, on this occasion. One of these days, I realized, dear God, we'll face our record. God, help us be working on our record that it'd be more pleasing to you, sir. And then, Lord, we've got loved ones. Their record reads lost. Their record says they're destined for hell. God, help us to reach them before it's finally too late. Thank you, sir, for what you're doing in hearts and lives just now. Rich in Jesus, blessed name, I do humbly ask. Amen.